bad parents, beware. On today's show, I'm joined by Matt Kelly, and he's coming after the bad parents out there and giving me the advice that I need to know to make sure I don't fall into the same pitfalls as some of those guys do. It's going to be a fun show, lots of good information coming up. I want to make sure you hit that subscribe button, and it's all coming up right after this. Hey guys, welcome in. It's the Learning to Dad Show. My name is Colin Kelly. On today's show, we're going to have a fun one. It's pretty much going to be about bad parents and how not to be a bad parent. So those bad parents out there, let's beware. Because the man on today's show is a good friend of mine. We talk a lot on his podcast, on my podcast, and they always tend to be a lot of fun. So we're going to not be talking any NFL today, any fantasy football, but we're going to be talking about how not to be a bad parent. And this man sometimes can have some hot takes. So let's get him on the show. It is Mr. Matthew Kelly. How are you doing, Matt? I'm going to weave some fantasy football into this show. It's my specialty. I can You're going to fit it in some way. Segway with the best of them. I will find a way to, yes, some fantasy football take as a takeaway from parental learning. We're going to get there. I'll make sure we get there. You'll see it coming. You'll see the analogy coming. You won't be able to stop it. Well, I'm sure we'll see it a mile away, Matt, but we're going to talk bad parenting. I know it's something that you wanted to talk about. I'll let you have the floor. What is, uh, what's up with these bad parents and uh, what should we be doing about it? Well, I'll start off by saying that, you know, I'm a very good parent. I'm one of the best parents out there. Probably, you know, 95th percentile if we had a player profiler, but it wasn't a player profiler. It was a parent profiler. If it was a parent profiler, my metrics would be in the 95th percentile. I'm excellent. And you know this because when I'm talking to other dads, you know, they, they call me like, oh, hey, Mr. Drop-Off. Hey, Mr. Drop-Off. Because I'm like, hey, I haven't seen you around in a while. They're like, oh, sorry, we can't drop our kid off every day and pick him up every day because, you know, we go to this independent school and a lot of these, you know, my daughter's friends, they're picked up by the babysitter. They're picked up by the nanny, right? They're picked up by the mom. They're very, very, very rarely picked up by the dad. I'm like one of the only men that shows up dropping my kid off and, and, and here, I feel like a hero, you know, I feel like a total hero and I feel like the dads, you know, in, in Connecticut, I don't know what they're doing. They need to reprioritize. If you're going to have children, make them priority. That's all I can say. You know, I know that I run a fantasy football website and I work from home and these dads just kill me. They kill me at these parties. They just, you know, whether it's a, you know, a, uh, picking her up in the you know in the afternoon, charity auction, whatever it is. Yeah, they just oh hey sorry hey Mr. Drop off hey Mr. Super Dad hey how's it going? Must be nice to have your little lifestyle where you can you know ride your bike to school. So we're also the only family that we ride bikes to school as a family. There, there there's no bike rack, so we have to find them find just a a metal pole to to you know, lock her bike up to, and she is the only bike there. And everyone's like ooing and eyeing, like it's, you know, like it's an alien spaceship when we come in on this bike. We're not just, you know, dropping off, you know, with with the, you know, waiting in line in this long line of cars. We just kind of motor by them. I think it actually takes less time to get there by bike than it does driving because it's such a slow slog to get, you know, into the turnaround and then get through there. And we just kind of weave through with our bikes and we're, and we're happy-go-lucky, and then everyone's just turning their head with their mouth open, like a gape, just 
wow, look, they're riding bikes. And I'm like, yeah, it's called exercise. Yeah. And, and dads that aren't here right now, this is called caring. Ooh, that's a, that's a hot burn. But is this just related to Connecticut or is it the USA or is it worldwide? Oh, I, I, think, I think this is war, guys. Worldwide. Honestly, I'm worldwide. killing them. I'm killing them, Colm. But these poor dudes take the train an hour and a half each way to New York to go to their finance job or whatever. And, yeah. and, and God bless them. They are you know, providing. Right, all of the, a lot of the things that their their family have is because these dads are are, are 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 heroes, sacrificing, and they would like nothing better than to do what I do because that's what they all say. Oh, I'd love to be able to do what you do. How do you do what you do? How do you? Also, like, it's not that easy, man. It's not that easy. It's not like you could just sit in front of a microphone and you know weave takes about advanced metrics for an hour and a half. Right, you can't do it. It's not like you can just always sit down and write an article that people are actually going to want to read. It's not like you can always just oh, just start a website tomorrow that's actually going to get traffic and have people talking on social media. It's not that easy. Like this is a skill. Okay, when I was a kid, this is what I wanted to do. I mean, the internet didn't exist, so I didn't know I wanted to launch a website. But I did actually want to be a radio host. That's what I wanted to be. And then there really was no route to becoming a radio host. And I, I got lost along the way at some point. But then once the website was launched, playerprofiler.com, and I realized, oh, we need to find a way to broadcast to people what this website's all about, how powerful it really can be. We just start this podcast, and then boom, the podcast is just as successful as the website. And so I lay it all out to these dads, and about halfway through my explanation about you know, how they can become sort of a website entrepreneur, you can see just like, it just, they glaze over. <laughs> they glaze over. They're like, oh no, that's not going to happen. I'm like, exactly, it's not going to happen. All right? But if you do it, if you choose to do it, if you have some passion and you can work from home somehow, some way on your passion instead of taking the train to work an hour and a half, I know it's not easy and most people can't do it, but if you think there is a route that you could potentially do it, it is well worth it because it, it really is super fulfilling to be able to spend those, that extra time with your kids in the morning, you know, riding bikes to school or picking them up and, and, and activities. Like, for example, I'm that guy on the soccer field that all the dads hate because, you know, they're coming in from work and they're wearing suits. And there I am with their kids playing soccer. It's like three on one, you know, and I'm like pushing them around a little bit. I'm, I'm tripping them, you know, we're, we're getting physical, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think a couple of days ago it was still muddy, but we were out there because it, it was pretty warm. You, you know, even in, you know, late February, we're out there with the soccer ball and I'm just crushing you know these these ball hitting kids in the face you know that are trying to i don't care i don't care and and all the the teachers love it they're like look at him look at him look at that dad what a great dad you are what a great dad you are and then you can see when the other dads or moms come from work that are picking up their kids they just see me and they just like they just scowl they just nothing but they, they just resentful and i'm like, hey, guys, hey, I got your kid right here. We're having a great time playing soccer. And they're like, I hate you. Do, do they ever say uh, maybe Matt lay off on hitting the kids in the face with the football? Is that something they say? No, they love it. The kids love that. These kids, these are like seven-year-olds. They, they, they want to get hit in the face. They like nothing better. They want to run and fall down. This one kid hit 
the the goal post, the end post of the of the soccer goal, like full speed. <laughs> he, he hit it full speed, like because I had I I hit a, you know I uh, sometimes we do you know where I, I like to set up the crossing pass of the give and go, right? Whether it's in basketball or or soccer, when you're you know teaching six and seven year olds, you just focus on the give and go. If they can figure out the give and go, this idea that you pass and then you cut right? Pass and cut. And then I pass it back to you and you score. Like that's the ultimate. If we can actually execute a give and go, that's incredible. But if my pass is just a little too wide, boom, right into the pole. <laughs> so uh, we, we're going to get back a little bit to, to bad parenting and how to avoid it and what I need to do to avoid it. And some stories maybe around that, but we're going to go back to your childhood. Obviously you're having a great uh, kind of adult childhood now as you uh, crush, uh, you know, That's right. kids uh, playing That's right. sport. But uh, your childhood memory, maybe it was, uh, you know, crushing crushing kids into goalposts. But you already said that you kind of hit the dream of uh, being a radio uh, host and obviously now doing it with the podcast. That's a, a way right. to get that done. And obviously your work on the radio. But when we look then at uh, your childhood and, you know, I've had everyone on, what's your best childhood memory? How good was your childhood? Let's, uh, I know we have, to, we have to flip things around here, Matt. We have to get a little bit of a different take. So I want to know what your worst childhood memory was. What was the worst thing with your life as a, as a young man? <laughs> If we go pop psychologist on me, I think it's pretty clear that I didn't get a lot of attention as a child, right? I think it's pretty obvious to anyone that understands this. That I, I've been working through issues from childhood for a long, long time. There, there was not enough attention on me. I was sort of left to my own devices. My sister and I had very different childhoods. She essentially had the childhood of an only child, where she really was the focus of my parents. She rode horses and they invested all this time and, and resources into her and all her activities. And I just basically had a skateboard. But what was nice is we lit, I had this idyllic childhood, you know, but we had a 40-acre farm. And so basically, I was just left to go out in the woods or out in the field and just or in the barn and just do whatever I do, you know, yeah. as a boy. So I was always just, you know, out exploring by myself or with my friends but it was very isolated where I lived. So it was a lot of just alone time, you know, talking to myself. Now, basically, <laughs> I just talk to myself in front of a microphone yeah. and we call it a podcast. So I've been practicing this for a long time. So it ended up working out really well. The one thing, if I had to point to the one thing that where I think my parents really aired and where I think that I'm doing something different, because I think that every generation, we're a lot better. There's this weird sort of a, this nostalgia for times past and this and it's almost always like generations looking back and they're they almost always misremember everything they remember all, all the, the the cheeky fun things but there were so many things that were inconvenient yeah. for crying out loud there was no internet i mean that alone i mean just in general you can see these charts where you see you know infant mortality going down you know you see you see lifespans going up yeah. you see death by all the different types of heinous ways to die, you know, death by car accident, all these things going down over time where you can see the social evolution in a positive direction over time. Pick a chart, right? But when you listen to people, it sounds like the planet's about to explode and society is about to go to war. And meanwhile, if you actually look at the stats of human beings killed in war, it's like a fraction of what it was 100 years before that, and it was, 100 year, it was a fraction of what it was 100 years before that, before that. So I we're doing great. We're doing excellent. And one of the ways we do it is by evolving how 
the parents interact with the child. And you can see it with how your parents interact with their parents and how their parents interacted with their parents. You go back through time, it was so much more formal. And there, there really was this dehumanization of the child not too long ago. Not too long ago where, where children, I'd say two generations ago, were meant to be seen and not heard, where you had to be there sitting at the dining room table you know, with, with, a, with a jacket on, waiting for dad to get home right? And, and everyone had to be quiet, right? It's just like, just like crazy. Like that doesn't make any sense. Now in most cultures around the world that, that you don't see that anymore, but that was, you know, 1950s America, yeah. right? And that's not a healthy way to grow up. And so even in my childhood in the eighties and nineties, there still was this, this disconnect in the interaction between parents and children where there really was this command and control. You do this because I said so. And so one of the rules I have is never, ever, ever, ever is the answer because I said so. And what that ends up doing is making sure you're having a regular car. I mean, I used to get really upset at my parents, just the fact that they did not treat me like a human being, right? I was like, just talk to me straight. This is in high school. I've had this issue with my parents. They, they wouldn't talk to me as anything close to a peer. That it really was this sort of condescension and this dismissiveness. And I really resented that in a big way. And now I promised that I wouldn't do that. So the promise I made to myself as a child was that my child, I would treat them like an equal. And it sounds crazy to treat a six-year-old like an equal, but I actually do. And so much so that my, my wife gets frustrated because my daughter will be like, well, ask a question like, well, so why can't we live on Jupiter? Like she's learning about the planets and she asks this question. I gave her a 30 minute answer about the gravitational pull of Jupiter and how the force of gravity would be impossible. It would crush you, right? That there's, it's actually a gas giant. So there's no solid material. You couldn't walk around, you know, the lack of water, the lack of oxygen, all these things like the temperature. And then she's like, oh my God, this sounds horrible. And, I, and then I went into, oh, well, here's why the earth happen, happens to be this very <laughs> rare thing and how we're positioned in a certain way in the cosmos within the Milky Way galaxy to make us very safe, how most planets of our size would have been hit by a giant comet by now and, and all life would have been wiped out. But because the way our moon is and the way Jupiter is and the, where we are in the Milky Way, we're just we're, we're very specific sort of uh, a, a configuration that allows life to exist. The next thing I know, it's like a 30-minute, because we're, we're having a conversation. Yeah. I just want to have conversations instead of, you know, just d- dismissive, you know, oh, it's a gas giant, you know, move on. And I, I always, like, I, I can agree a lot with what they said there, because I remember, particularly when I was at uh, secondary school, uh, you know, the teachers just would dismiss you so, so quickly like that. And it was always something that bothered me a lot. And that uh, was one of the reasons that I disliked my, I, like the U.S. people like yourself would call the high school education, disliked it immensely. And it was because of the way you were treated, just like a pretty much like a moron and uh, do what they say. And if you don't do it, then you're punished for it. And it was something that I really did not enjoy. But when we're looking back then, you know, we're going to get a little bit of positivity in a minute, but I'm going to get another negative. There was, there was corporal punishment back then. Yeah. and uh, but it, My parents would get out like a wooden spoon well, I think they broke multiple wooden spoons I'm like that's insane like the idea that you would spank your kids or whack your kids with a spoon like 
it's incredible the progress that you make just one generation to the next. Like that, 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 that is so taboo now that if you saw, I, I, I can't remember ever seeing anyone spank their child, but if I saw that, and then in the 80s, they would pull your pants down and spank your bare bottom out in public. Like this was a thing that happened regularly. If I saw that, you would call the police. That's how much things have changed in just a couple decades. And I think though, Matt, like you mentioned there, I think we're going to look back when we get to, you know, 50, 60 years old, we're going to be like, oh, this generation, the young generation are lazy. It's going to, it happens every time. And we're going to say that we're not They've going been to saying that about, about every generation. It's going, to, it's going to happen again. Of course, they're going to be entitled. And it's okay if, and the other thing is the tough love. So some of the dads will tell me, oh, tough love. You know, I feel like, you know, my son or daughter is not tough enough. And what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? You don't want toughness. You don't want, toughness comes from living a life that's yeah, life experience. very challenging. People in prison are tough, right? <laughs> By necessity. You ideally don't want to be tough at all. That's the last, you know, tough is, tough is, it's like a, that's like a fallacy. The toughest is a good thing. No, tough is a bad thing. Tough is a necessity if you're in these challenging, harsh situations and conditions. But as a parent, your goal should be to not put the child in that situation. Some children just embrace it. You know, they embrace the, 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 they want to show off their fortitude. Like my daughter does yoga and she clearly enjoys showing off tenacity, being able to hold a pose. You can tell she's sweating and she's working hard. She likes it. She smiles through it, right? So there are certain, like she, when she shows us like how she can do a handstand for a long period. Like, so there's, t- if, if a, a person's wired in that way that they could show you toughness that's voluntary, great. If not, great. It doesn't matter. You don't want to put a kid in a situation where they have to, quote unquote, learn toughness. That's dumb. That's not, it's not, I don't think it's ever a good idea, you know, particularly if you're, going to be tough on the kid, show them that tough love. It tends to, I find that most people I know that grew up in that way, they kind of resent their parents. They worked against it and it didn't really work out that way either. So I agree with you on that. But when we look at one more negative, I was getting to it. One more negative. Oh yeah, putting kids in soccer class where there's more older kids, for example, and they just get shoved around and pushed down and they get discouraged, demoralized, and then they, they sort of check out, right? Like, yeah. What did you just accomplish by intentionally putting your kid up a level right? That doesn't make sense. This whole, the idea that you can over coddle, right? It, that, that, that's such a fallacy. That's, that's the old way of thinking, right? There's not, oh, nurture shock. I read a book called Nurture Shock, right? And certainly there are things that you can do to prevent nurture shock that are common sense things, but a lot of nurturing is actually good. So one of the th- one of the rules that we have is you are not allowed to, and this is actually a rule I have for podcasting too, right? So I am known for beefing, right? I'm known for criticizing and bringing the flames, right? <laughs> Just torching other fantasy analysts with their nonsense analysis. But you'll notice I never name call. You can't find me calling anyone a name on the podcast. You can't find me call, you know, criticizing how someone looks or some sort of you know boorish behavior on my podcast. No, that's not what we do. We criticize behavior. We criticize the things people say and the things people do. That's what's open for criticism. So that's how we operate with our daughter Vivian is that we 
teach her to only criticize, you know, actions. So thoughts and actions are what needs to be criticized and you should really always feel bad. In fact, she doesn't even say fat. She says F-A-T because she, and she says it in a quiet voice because she knows that even the word fat has a negative connotation and it has a judgmental tone to it. And so not by, not by us ever telling her that, just by us always emphasizing focus on actions and not on intrinsic traits, that has, there, there's been an, an internalization with her that as soon as she starts to you know, point out an intrinsic trait or something people can't control, she immediately knows, oh, this isn't right, right? This isn't right. We should also focus on action. So this one book, Nurture Shock, talks about don't um, compliment your child's looks or you know, their inherent traits as much. Focus on the actions. Focus on the work ethic. Focus on the effort level. Then that's similar to coaches. Same thing, right? You want to focus on the effort level and focus on the diligence and the fortitude and the tenacity and the cleverness, right? Not so much on labeling you're smart or not smart or you're attractive, you're unattractive, right? So that's just not, I don't say, oh, you look really pretty. I mean, maybe if it was a crazy, like, you know, event where she's wearing these heels and something really, you know, where it's like going out over and above to look like a princess or something, then you're naturally going to say that. But otherwise, you want to try to, basically, it's, it also challenges you as a parent, your vocabulary. So you have to make a, an effort to go out and, and find other words to describe things that aren't just the lazy analysis, which is almost like being a better fantasy analyst, instead of just the lazy analysis, oh, that guy looks explosive, right? Actually describe what you're seeing like if we're playing Barbies, like actually describe the Barbie as opposed to just saying, oh, she, you know, looks skinny and cool. This is the last negative thing I want to throw into the show here, Matt. And it is, uh, what is the worst part for you of being a parent? Obviously, your child is now starting to grow up a little bit. But what, what has been, it doesn't have to be right now, but from, you know, that early youth stage, what was the, the worst part for you so far? This has been fun. And get serious for a second. <laughs> so we live near Sandy Hook and you hear these parents interviewed from Sandy Hook and it's been over, I think five years because we were just going to move here when Sandy Hook happened. So I, I kind of remember when we moved here based on when Sandy Hook happened because we were packing our old house when I read the news about Sandy Hook and Vivian had just been born. It had been like a year and that was a real watershed moment for me. Um, and, you know, the, 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 and you hear now parents five years later talk about that they're not the same, that they're never going to be the same, that, you know, that, that, that their lives were ruined in a way that can't be repaired. There were marriages that were destroyed just because the the husband and the wife were changed by the event so much they couldn't even really be together anymore and it wasn't their fault right they were just this fissure which was just this lightning bolt that just destroyed so many people so many lives up there and when you're a parent and these things happen with the stoneman douglas is the most recent one 
you start to imagine you're, you can't help but put yourself in the shoes of those parents and you just get physically ill. You get physically ill. And what I would say is, is embrace that. Is if you embrace that feeling and you sink into it, you know, and maybe you, you cry or whatever it is, you really sink into it. And, and some people are really good at shutting that off and just being like, oh, that would be horrible. Oh, go get distracted, right? I would say don't. Don't sink in. Really visualize what it would be like to be in the shoes of those parents because I find myself a bit more careful. And again, I think this is a bit different where, you know, parents were a little more cavalier with their children. People have their their stories where, oh, I didn't put my seatbelt on or my, my, the seatbelt was broken. My mom just put her arm across my chest or something and said, oh, don't worry. You know, we would never do that crazy stuff now. Now it's like the seat, the, the car seat has to be up to a certain code, you know, and you never take a risk like that. And it goes for, you know, are you going to drive with your kid in the car in uh, bad conditions? And so there's all these different things where I, just by internalizing that, I think you start to, it, it, there's so much at stake yeah. and you worry so much and it really is this program that's always playing in the back of your head that you're worried. That, that's always there. But I find that instead of shutting it off, if I know it's there and embrace it, that there's uh, every, multiple times a month where I feel like in a, in a decision tree that I'm actually making a different decision. Uh, we've, t- we've, not, we've canceled trips because I, we just decided it's not worth it to, to drive right? With, with, the, with the child in the car, that distance, and maybe the conditions aren't great or whatever it is. We just, we're a little more careful. And again, our, I think Vivian has a real sort of robust life doing lots of different interesting things. I don't think she's being coddled or overprotected in this sort of bubble wrapped world. I just think that there's some common sense decisions where looking back 20 years from now, we might think it was crazy how cavalier we were, you know, with our, with our children. It's hard. It's, it can't really give you too many good examples of this, but I can just remember times where I was just more careful where I didn't take a left or I drove slower. Um, then, then maybe, uh, then, then maybe I, I would have, uh, if, if I, if this, if I didn't really embrace this idea that, you know, any slip, right. It could, it, it, you'll, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. So you, you just, it, there's just this extra level of care that you take with all your actions. Yeah. It ends up being a good thing. I, I really uh, feel in the same boat there because I think, um, Personally, I don't know how I'm going to react when the, the baby does come, but I do think I'm going to be extremely cautious like you have mentioned there, just in certain situations. I know when I'm driving, uh, if, my, if my wife's in the car, I drive a lot more carefully than when I'm just driving the car myself. So I think that there's just going to be amplified up again. But I do agree with that way. And it just makes more sense to take that cautious approach if you have to. Don't take the risks. Don't take the, the journey in the snow with the baby on board. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's something that I'm yeah, stuff like t- crossing the street and getting off the bike and walking it across the street. Yeah. You know, there's been times when a car blew legit. This happened. A car blew a red, lo- a, a stop sign. Right. And 
if we were just sort of riding across the, the, the street, you're not supposed to do that. You're technically, you're supposed to get off the bike and walk it across the street. And because we were walking the, the, our bikes across the street and I was sort of a little bit in front and I could control where she was positioned next to me, then it really did protect us from getting from that where you never know where someone's going to blow through a stop sign. So I'm sort of thinking now about what could happen, right? In thinking ahead, instead of just being always in the moment, I'm thinking a bit more ahead to be a little bit extra cautious um, and, and not assume that everyone out there is paying attention. And I think that that's really an obligation that you have. We've even seen football players that have had tragedies recently. If you remember Todd Heap, yeah. he accidentally um, ran, he backed into his child. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, I, they'll, they'll, they'll never be the same. Um, and uh, so you just, it, it, it's crazy. It's just crazy how, how, um, how much is at stake with this because they're in your care. Uh, but really all it is is about just uh, being a little more cognizant of what's going on and thinking a little bit more ahead and always being on it, really. And I, I can even remember a few of the times where I haven't been and I felt like I was daydreaming and I always like snap back and I you know, give myself a little rap on the wrist like, hey man, dude, right? You got to be on this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah no, no days off, right? No Belichick, days off. no days off. <laughs> Right, no days off, okay, no, buddy. No days off. Pay attention. I think uh, he's sending that straight down the lens, right at me. So no days off for myself here as we uh, inch ever, ever closer to the the day of uh, the day of reckoning. Maybe I'll I'll call it. But for you, I guess we've had the the a couple of negatives here, but I, I'm going to get a positive idea before we wrap this up. What for you, Matt, is the best thing about being a parent? I know, like you've mentioned, great stuff like you know you're traveling to school, having the bike rides, so many good things, getting involved. Uh, and the activities. Well, with the that kids. was just me victory lapping against the other dads. That's just you uh, tooting your own horn. But what what for you is the best thing? Uh, what yeah. is the, the if you have to pick one single thing? It's just these moments where it, it's these phrases, right? It's these it's these phrases where she puts it together, right? Where you know that she just made a leap. There's all these mini leaps. And just the way sentences are structured and the way her mind is thinking, right? So there's these little moments of intuition and these little moments of clever use of language that's brand new where you can see that just like the, like you can almost see like the child's brain is like this puzzle and pieces are starting to click together. Development especially in the ages, you know, four through six, we're really like speech patterns and logic and a lot of this stuff is starting to click together. And when she connects two points and comes up with this logical conclusion, like using inference or deduction, right? And says, oh, if A and B, then C, right, dad? And you're just like, well, that's exactly right, you know? And it's just like, you just, you can't help but just have this massive smile when you see that stuff yeah. happen. It's so cool because again, you know, we're, we're the apex predators. We're the top of the food chain. The reason why is our brains. Yeah. 
and the fact that we can do these things. And when you see human beings doing human being things like only we can, and you see that development happen in front of you, it's so cool. And just also the phrasing too, just like some of the cool phrasing, like she'll say something and and then she'll go, it may be something like, oh, please, (laughs) something like that, right? Instead of like, oh, please, like, oh, please. You're like, wait, where'd you get that? Child, please. (laughs) Child, please. (laughs) Please. Like, oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Get my attention. Uh, I bet, do you still uh, do you still in there for lines for the for the shows? No, she has a she has a ways to go to catch up. Uh, she's still she's still behind uh, old. Pops you know, my vo- my vocabulary is the best in the industry. I can turn a phrase better than anyone in the fantasy football space. So she has she 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 has someone to look up to in that area. So uh, let's let's get uh, just as we finish up, we need to get some more heat on those bad dads. If maybe there's one thing you think I need to avoid, one thing you think really starts opening that path to becoming a bad dad or a bad parent, what is the one thing there to avoid? And uh, I guess I'll, I'll let you have the floor again to to bring some heat on the on those uh, Connecticut dads. Yeah, I mean, just can can you not? Don't be the guy, the dads that are playing it cool all the time, right? There's so I, it just happens to be where I live in southwestern Connecticut, uh, and there just happens to be a, a, an archetype dad that just is trying to play it cool, right? And you know, it, and 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 is never around. I go to these events, and there will be dads I have never seen, right? Because I'm I'm at the school a lot, but that net once a year I'll see this and I'll be like, do you? Does your you? child go here? You're a dad here? Because you've never been to assembly that I can, because re- I have a good memory. Like I can remember people's faces pretty well. And I'm like, I don't remember ever seeing you any, really? You go, you go here? Really? And then, you know, you can see that there's this, this sort of bourgeoisie attitude with the, ch- the children over there playing. I'm getting in it, man. Like I said, with the soccer, I'm getting in the mud. You know, I'm kicking my shoes off. I'm getting in with the kids and, you know, I, I, I want to spend the time with them. I'm not interested in just sort of milling around on the perimeter, right? So I'm, I'm in it. I want to be the captain of the team that we're, we're leading the, the, the army of kids against another army. Like, yeah, I want to get in there, you know? I, I mean, but- it's fun. Why did you have kids then, <laughs> right? Yeah. Why did you have kids then? Just get a doll collection or something. If this, you know what I'm saying? If you just wanted to have them to have them, you have the kids so you can interact. You know, absolute, I'm in absolute, the forts. Yeah. I'm yeah. in the forts with the kids. I, I, I dream that I'm going to be like that. I, that is the way I want to be. And I can look back to when I was younger uh, and my father was always the very same way. I was a quite good soccer player and uh, he always uh, tried to help me, you know, improve skills and such. And, uh, you know, getting in there, as you mentioned, getting in there in the mud was something we done pretty much every day once I finished school. So I'm going to try and jump straight in and get aboard that there kind of view of things, be the kind of active father. And I guess everyone probably might have that idea heading in. What do you think? I need to be very clear about this. The other dads do not like this dad. I am that guy. I am that dad. The other dads do not want this guy. No, you don't want there there is a cost to this, <laughs> which is that the other dads will roll their eyes. 
I'm not right. too concerned that about that. That is actually that is actually true. You know, I'm giving like the horse. I'm on to, I'm on hand my hands and knees giving horsey rides, you know, or, or a bucking bull, you know, and 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 you can just see their dad is like, "What are you doing, dude?" And I'm like, "Listen, man, like we're, 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 this is the life we've chosen. Why don't you get on board?" I'm going to get on board. Hey, you're giving me the advice and I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. But for me to avoid, like I mentioned, I want to be that way, the exact same way as you getting involved. And I'm sure a lot of parents think the, the same thing and then they fall into the pitfall. Like you mentioned, you know, they're working, they don't pay enough attention to the kids. What's the one thing that you think, is it priorities? Is it, uh, you know, not work-life balance? What do you think gets people away from that, their view that you have, that you're able to interact more with the kids and to be there for those activities? I honestly don't know because my parents weren't necessarily, you know, getting in there with me. Right. You know, they, that wasn't, that wasn't their, that wasn't their thing. Right. My dad didn't uh, relish, you know, playing GI Joe's with me or anything like that. Right. That wasn't, that he was, he didn't have the, the time or the patience or the inclination for that kind of thing. So I don't know where that disposition came from and I don't know why I have it. I've just, I just enjoy life and I enjoy doing things that are fun and I don't know why I, I just don't have, and it's the same thing with the podcasting and everything else. Like I just don't feel like the rules of decorum apply to me and I don't care if people think that I need to show deference to, you know, the members of the industry and no, no, I don't care. This is fun. Clearly this is fun. and. If it's uh, if the kids, if, if the kids are all about it, then I'm all about it. So, for example, you know, there's my daughter wants to start a YouTube channel, right? And she wants to open vintage Barbies, and because people opening toys on YouTube is like a big thing. It's like millions and millions of views. Like I'm dying looking at these videos <laughs> and how many views they get. I, I knowing how many views I get, I'm just like, oh my god, I would die to have this this, this much engagement on my YouTube videos. And so it's a, it's a genius idea because not only do you take advantage of the opening shtick, which is very popular, the opening of toys, but it's also vintage. So you get the cringe factor of the parents like, Oh no, you can't open that. You can't open the box. Right? So you have to pay more right for the Barbie. Cause they're not, they're, you know, Twenty thirty dollars. Sometimes if you get a replica, if you go to get a, if you get actually get the original, then forget it. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make economic sense. But I think we found these replicas that you can get. You can open the replica, and it's not that expensive. Like totally hair Barbie from nineteen ninety one. That's the thing. Do you realize how much Barbie information I have right now? <laughs> I I watched the Barbie documentary about the whole history of the Barbie. I'm so locked into it. She was so engaged because she just loves Barbie so much. Like I couldn't turn the show off. Like she had to watch it. And now she has memorized like who the, the creator of Barbie is, you know, the, the original inventor, the original designers. And she now understands the history of it. So she's going to open these Barbies, give some history on the, the era when the Barbie was created and, and what the, the, what the designers were thinking when they created her. Like this totally hair Barbie came with like Depp hair gel has like crimped hair down to her ankles. Super cool. Uh, makes me nostalgia for 1991. But I'm, I'm excited to see her do this. And instead of being one of these parents, it's like, ah, oh, geez, you know, the YouTube, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of sketchy. 
right? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm embrace it. You know, yeah. I'll help her. Think about it. She has this great idea. And she happens to go to her dad who has a YouTube channel already and a whole mic set up, right? And, and audio and all this stuff, all this equipment ready to go. Oh, I happen to be uniquely qualified, right, with a particular set of skills to help her do this. What am I going to say? No. We're going to say, oh, no, you know, it's your, your privacy and then, you know, we don't feel comfortable. No, of course you could do it. And then what happens? Oh, she starts making some money on this thing. She can start buying her own Barbies to open. And then all of a sudden she has this little business going. Hell yeah. That would be cool. But I'm not pushing her in that direction. I'm just like, oh, that sounds interesting. You want to use my mic? Here's how the mic works. Want to use this camera? Here's how the camera works. It's just fun to get involved. Why not? Yeah, no, it seems like a it seems like a great idea, and I guarantee you've uh, more Barbie information than you ever should have. You also mentioned that you have a unique or a, a set of skills, and the last time I heard somebody use that phrase was Liam Neeson and Taken. So maybe your set of skills is a little bit different to his. But, but uh, it's been it's been awesome getting uh, your thoughts, giving me some advice, having some shootouts at uh, bad dads, and uh, having some fun along the way. But stop taking yourselves so seriously, dads. Lighten up. Get in the mud. Get your pants dirty. You know who you are. You know who you are indeed. And, uh, of course, it's been a lot of fun doing today's show. I've really enjoyed it. Lots of good topics. A couple of serious topics sprinkled in there as well. And uh, I hope you've all enjoyed watching. And I want to make sure as well that you're following Matt on Twitter. It is at fantasy underscore mansion. He also has rotounderworld.com which is a great fantasy football outlet so make sure you check that out if you're into fantasy sports as well my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my website is overtimeireland.com of course i want you to hit that subscribe button make sure you're getting those notifications leave us a comment down below as to some bad parenting you've seen in the past and any advice you have for me as i move forward here just two weeks away at this present moment in time from becoming a father so there's a lot coming up here a busy busy time going to have a lot more videos coming your way a lot of them as well are going to now have experience from my side of things rather than me looking for the experience i should be gaining it firsthand and getting that knowledge being really shared with the people here and hopefully some fun stories as well so until we're back with another one i want you to make sure again hit that subscribe button and of course have a good one